You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Becky and Susan from Central Florida. This episode features an interview with cruise ship tech Kimberly Thomas. We would also like to introduce our new host, Tori McCook. She is joining us for the first time. Welcome, Tori. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes. Yay, Tori. Kimberly Thomas is a multifaceted production individual currently residing in Tennessee. Originally from the UK, Kimberly strives to be a Jane of all trades while having a lot of fun doing it. She has a BS in show production from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida, and is currently working on her master's in entertainment business. Her previous positions have included working for House of Blues, Williamson County Performing Arts Center, Parks Casino, and Princess Cruises. For the past year, she has been part of the media communications team for a Baptist church in Southeast Tennessee, focusing on all of the coordination and execution of their live creative productions. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. It's good to be here. And thank you to all of you, Susan, Becky and Tori. (laughs) Yeah, Kimberly was one of um, mine and Becky's students back in the day. So it's super exciting to catch up with you. It's been a while. A long time, yeah. (laughs) I see your stuff on social media, but uh, that's about it. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, I was asking a few friends about uh, different people to interview or whatever in different specialties and things. And your name popped up uh, from one of the people out in the industry and said, hey, you know, Kimberly Thomas, she's done some stuff on cruise ships or whatever. That would be cool to talk about. And I was like, how cool that Kimberly's like getting recognized. I was like, I love it. I was like, I'm surprised, but thank you. That's cool. Well, you do something that not like, or you've done a lot of work that not a lot of people have. I mean, casinos and touring and Mm -hmm. cruise ships and things like that. So uh, we were interested to talk to you and just find out some stuff about all of that. But to get started, uh, how how did you get your start in the sound biz or were you always interested in it as a kid? Um, I was. I think I was probably eight years old um, the first time I saw my first performance. It was a university performance of West Side Story. Um, And I remember sitting there with my dad and everybody was kind of focused on the stage and I was just fixated on everything else. Like, how was that happening? What is, is that moving by itself? Why does that actually match with the sound? And I had no clue. I'm I'm one sitting there like, why are the lights doing all that? They're dancing. How are they dancing? What is dancing? So um, that kind of put me on a path to looking at the details behind the big picture um, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it, how it was going to get there. I, I mean, I was already a weird kid when everybody wanted to be doctors and athletes. I wanted to be an international food taster because I love to travel and I love to eat. <laughs> I still want to be that. Yes. <laughs> we so all do that. So I was yeah. kind of, I was always like, okay, this is where what I want to do. How do I get there? Um, my dad nice. was a pastor. He uh, he was a music minister. So I was that auxiliary preacher's kid who kind of had to learn a little bit of everything. And one day I got stuck behind a soundboard and I kind of never left. Nice. So you kind of learned grassroots then? Very much so. Yeah. And then from there, uh, growing up all through high school and that kind of stuff, did, did you know that was the path you wanted to be on and, and decided to go to college from there? Um, in, in high school, I went... Um, I had I was in like the band and everything. Um, it wasn't until my last year of high school that I was kind of put in this odd little charter school in uh, when we lived in Florida for motion pictures and broadcasting. Oh, um, cool. And it was really really small. Nobody knew about it, and I, that kind of gave me the the insight of what I was looking for. 
And then from there, I branched out and I was I was still helping in the church and I was looking for small, little technical jobs. So I would go and like stage manage for the community college and just kind of pop my head in like, hey, any anything I can do, anything I can. And, cool. Um, slowly, that kind of got me out there. Nice. So then we met you at Full Sail back when I was yes. teaching there. So that was kind of cool. Um, how 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 would you rate Susan and I's teaching skills? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, Interesting. <laughs> also, I'd say the teaching's different because Full Sail was like the third, second or third college I went to, and oh, yeah. okay. I learned I don't do well in a four year institution. I get bored. Yeah. To where I was going to a school where I was going to school for telecommunications and literally working for the school in the same department and hit a glass ceiling <laughs> really quickly. So yeah, yeah. I loved with Full Sail how it was integrated. The real world education thing is a, it's a real term. You never know what you're going to do. And they throw you into the wolves and you, this is sink or swim, but they pull you out when you start sinking. So they help you a lot. Very cool. I was just trying That's to see to if you throw Susan under the bus at all. That was really I where I was going that. with that. I can't do that. <laughs> and Becky's Susan awesome. was my, Susan. oh yeah. Yeah, Susan was my video teacher, so this is even funnier. <laughs> this is funnier. Mm-hmm. I was like, all all of us taught video back in the day, but I still <laughs> I still call Susan all week, every day yeah. about video questions. Literally, oh, yeah, why? all the time. I can answer some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about the video world. I'm just not that great at it. Unlike Susan, who is awesome at it. Susan's rolling her eyes for those of you and shaking her hand for those of you who can't see. I ripped down my my own green screen twice, so it's not going great. (laughs) You have a green screen. Like, no one else has a green screen. So, yeah. So you're a step ahead. That's good. Right, yeah. We did it a a year into working from home, not sooner, which would have made more sense. Which would have made more sense from working from home as video teachers. (laughs) Hey, I wasn't prepared for working from home either. I got that. Right? I, I I got back in the country a day before they shut the borders. Oh man! Wow. Where were and you was, before? Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was uh, up until beginning of March uh, last year. I was in Singapore. And you um, got out because I know a lot of people were stuck. Yeah. So it actually it it's a blessing and a curse. I had a grandmother who passed away right at that, around that time. And now looking back, we do really, we do believe mm-hmm. it was COVID related, mm-hmm. but, um, we had, we were, we knew about it. We knew about COVID. We were in the East, um, East Asia, Asia market. We were supposed mm-hmm. to be doing, um, four day cruise, like turnaround cruises out of Singapore and Hong Kong come like April into June. So we were already heading out that way, but we were just leaving Australia when everything really started to kick up. So we mm-hmm. um, spent four days kind of docked in uh, Perth, um, Fremantle area, Western Australia, um, to get everybody off the ship. And then it was about getting the crew members um, to a point where the people who didn't need to be there um, could leave, like the non-essential crew. But mm-hmm. the ship I was on was really fortunate because we were already heading into a dry dock maintenance season. So the reason why we're going to Singapore was to be on a shipyard for a while. Okay. So we already didn't have guests on. We just had to expedite the process. Oh, gotcha. that seems like a like the best way. Yes. Yeah. So we were the already doing. Scenario. Yeah, we were already doing a lot of the, the COVID uh, protocol. Like, it got we were doing temperature checks three times a day. You went to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. You lined up before you got in. You got your temperature checked. 
Um, and because we were already a smaller, more essential crew, because we, we were just doing maintenance and fixing things, um, it wasn't as bad because we were all stuck on the shipyard. Like we weren't going anywhere. Right. Um, so once I kind of got out of the shipyard, that's when I realized just how big it was. But I had received a, a phone call from my mom, like, uh, your grandmother passed away, you need to come home. So I jumped within 16 hours, I was on a flight back and didn't realize just how much reeling the world was doing until I got back in the States. Mm. Yeah, the cruise ships do a good job of kind of keeping you in your little bubble there. Definitely. Kind of away from the real world. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a stark transition. I, I came home and was um, shocked and well, to see what was happening because I guess, I don't know, for, for a lot of the Asian communities, everybody wears a mask, like it's not a big thing. So they were already right. distancing without even knowing, mm-hmm. um, then coming over here. And I'm the way I came, Singa- I came Singapore to San Francisco, San Francisco to Baltimore. And I had like a 12 hour layover in San Francisco and just walking around, it, it felt very desolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely weird at that time. Yes. So uh, let's back up just a hair. Like, what were you doing before pandemic times out on the ship? Are you A1? Are you a tech stagehand? What what do you do on the cruise ships? I was a production manager. So I was um, there on the ship, on the cruise lines I worked for, um, I worked for Princess Cruises. You have the senior production manager who's in charge of all production aspects on the ship, okay. as well as the show calling and the bigger shows in the theater. And then below that, you have two or three production managers that take care of the um, the cabaret shows and a lot of the AV coordination around the ship. So underneath me, I had about five to six different venues that I managed with a team of like three to four people. And we would take care of like the game shows and the smaller, um, the smaller, like party bands and things like that, as well as the main, um, like the 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 piazza area was all kind of under our jurisdiction, making sure that was staffed and and that everything that they needed happened. Okay, cool. How did you get into the cruise ship world? <laughs> Going back to me being a kid, um, <laughs> I saw um, Parent Trap. With Lindsay Lohan <laughs> and the first little montage on there where they're on a ship and everything's happening. And I'm like, I wonder if there's a way to work on a ship. <laughs> um, j- jump 20 odd years later, I um, somehow figured it out. And if I, I started knowing a lot of people, a lot of singers who would do like ship contracts and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of text on ships. And I'm like, Oh yeah, they're singing. They have a microphone. They need somebody to get the microphone. That makes sense. Okay, so uh, then it was figuring out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, each cruise line kind of has a different structure, so it was figuring out kind of where I fit in and where I wanted to go to. Because cruise lines are also they they cultures and company cultures where what fits for me, because it won't necessarily be what fits for everyone. Oh yeah, I know that for sure. I did not fit in with that with my situation. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad that you found something that for you a enjoyed. Bit. I, yeah, I did. Well, I did a lot of research. I was looking for, um, I wanted, I was looking for something more of an international cruise line that was known for their ports of call. Yeah, uh, for the traveling aspect, I wanted to push the envelope when it came to production didn't necessarily have to be technological, but it had to be more on a 
company and team aspect. So I was looking for I was looking for uh, morale, crew member morale for sure. Nice. Because if you have a good if you have a good team, you can you you can win a, we can win wars. Yeah. Like if if you yeah. don't, Agreed. they're not going to want to do anything for you. So I would I I would forgo almost like the Cirque du Soleil esque shows for a better team because we can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I like that. So you have people under your team. Are you doing the scheduling and the hiring with that kind of stuff? Or does the does the cruise ship itself do the hiring and then you are kind of just overseeing whoever they give you? Oh, I did more of the scheduling, um, day-to-day okay. scheduling. We didn't do the hiring. We knew who was coming on. We knew somebody was coming on. And then maybe we'd get a name, especially if they were what the what they would call a new hire, like not been on a ship anymore or not had had not been on a ship at all first mm-hmm. contract in we would usually know about those more in advance but if it was people that had been on cruise ships before more times than not you had somebody on your crew who already knew them um it's a very tight-knit community um and it's, it's very it's very international based so they're like yeah yeah my, my guy's from the philippines he's coming on and the, they would t- usually message their friends like hey i just got signed up for this ship before we even knew from anyone else so that gave us a great rapport. That was going to be my next question. Was it like, how diverse is it as far as, you know, like men and women and people of color and, and, and different ethnicities and everything? Because I've done a few little, you know, just in port, kind of get on the cruise ship, do a little blues cruise deal for a couple of days and come back in. And then a little bit with some other bands that I've worked with. And all my texts t- send like tend to be international. Um, yes. So, yeah. uh, so I was like, this is kind of fun. This is, I mean, I don't get to see that normally or be around like so many different people. And I loved it. I thought that was so it, cool. Yeah, it is such a stark transition. So the, uh, most ships that I was on, it was about 50 to 60 different nationalities um, to be any anyone from like a, I put this in air quotes, like a first world country, um, American, Australian, British, you are in the minority to begin with. Um, yeah. And it is, I find it so rewarding. Um, I, I like to joke with people. I tend to be like the, the quadruple or triple minority. I, I am black, I'm female, I'm British, I'm Jamaican. Uh, so it kind of just throws everything into, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I do sound and tech. Hello. Um, so I just hit all their check marks. But there it is the idea that, <laughs> it's the idea that you, that is the least of your worries. We're all there to do a job and we are all there to do it well. And I've learned amazing lessons from a lot of my guys. A lot of them are, so I, my, my first contract, uh, my assistants were Filipino, South African, and Mexican. Um, my second contract, I had Indonesia, I had an Indonesian um, A2, um, two Brits and an American. And then there were a, a couple more Filipino. Filipino tend to make up a lot of the ship dynamics. Very cool. That sounds like so much fun, just being on a ship for a long time. And then when you're in port, I'm assuming it's like being on tour anywhere where it's like you just see the inside of your room for so long or the inside of a building. You know, it's just one one hotel and room and building from the next and you're not quite sure where you are in the world at the time. And, and right. so it probably can get like that. And then do you get days off in port and are able to go have fun? Um, we get hours off, not days off. Uh, okay. It's more of a contractual basis. So my month, my contract was six months long. Um, 
and be because of my position and my rank, I was able to schedule time off, and that was something I was really, uh, really cognizant about for a lot of a lot of my people. Like, you need time off. It might not be a day, but I can give you like two or three hours. So, it's it's figuring out where in the schedule that can be. So, on especially in Portugal, normally we'd have like early morning sessions, a, a lot of trivia, a lot of karaoke, and a lot of things like that. Um, a lot of uh, lectures too, but they would normally run about like 8 a.m. to noon. And then there would be like a small little time in between like 12 to four that I would try and go out. But then I would also schedule guys to be like, hey, I'll do the morning, you do the four. So you go out in the morning, I got I got noon to four. And that was, we were able to work that out because it's more of a team. I'm like, I don't, you don't need to know my position or my title, my, we are a production team. That's we're gonna cool. get it done regardless. That's really awesome. I'm doing all the talking on this. <laughs> I'm getting to know Kimberly, so this is this is exciting for me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, the whole team thing, all about it. And you know, the fact that you're just being fair with them, yes, is is lovely. So it's a group effort, and you can actually enjoy the experience. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's wonderful what you're right. doing. And and I, and I love that. And I I try and approach that wherever I go. I find the the only reason why there are. Um, titles and roles as more like who do you need to answer to like if you if we take like all the 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 financial and pay part out of it it's more like who do you need to answer to to get this done it's more mm -hmm. of a word to communicate thing role wise so like if i'm if i'm a stagehand i'm gonna i'm gonna answer to the crew chief or i'm gonna communicate with my other stagehands about what needs to be what needs to be done if i am if I'm a production manager, I'm going to communicate with a tour manager or anything like that. And then if it needs to be done, but I um, I need to schedule it, then I start talking to the crew chief and the state chance. Like, all, like the thing that doesn't change is that it has to get done. Right. It's just who and how and when and where. So when something goes wrong, <laughs> okay. is that on you? <laughs> um, one thing I have learned, always keep receipts. Um, always have a communication chain. Um, when things go wrong, it's usually, it, it's most of the time a, a, what they like to call an act of God or like something yeah. just hasn't worked because I am, people call me meticulous. <laughs> that is a strong term. I, I, <laughs> I overthink by, by nature. So I will have like 15 different scenarios in my head um, and I'm like, okay, if, if this happens, then we got to do this, 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 and this. And at the end of the day, it's the, um, we work in such a niche industry mm -hmm. that because it's a niche industry, we are relying on a lot of other industries and a lot of other causes that sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't work out mm -hmm. by no fault of our own. And that is one thing I've had to learn is how not to be so hard on myself when it's something I can't control. Because yeah. then I'm controlling my emotions, worrying about it. Right. It's it's a special uh, kind of calmness when something happens that no one could have controlled. And you're just like, all right, now what do we do to react? Because there was no way we could anticipate this crazy thing happening. Right. And that's something I've had to learn. It, the idea of responding versus reacting. Yeah. Like, how do I take Ooh, a deep, that's good. like, how do I back up, breathe? <laughs> First of all, I'm like, okay, Kim, breathe. Yep. 
eat a granola bar. <laughs> how do we disc- and how do we get through this? Yeah, being that- hangry is not going to be helpful for no. anyone. <laughs> you have to not take care of yourself before you can take care of your team. Exactly, and I'm learning that. Um, I, I just recently had a birthday, so that's my happy uh, birthday. Um, yeah, happy you. birthday. That's my kind of charge to myself. Like, if you don't take care of yourself, you, your foundation's already faulty. And one day is just going to go. And that's not good for you. It's not good to for your family. That's not good for your team and your loved ones. So that, if that's something that I think is a positive out of the pandemic in general, mm-hmm. is that I think every single person is learning that they need to take time to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the period to slow down, which we've never had before. I mean, you know, you guys have toured so much. You're on cruise ships, and where I work in the theme parks, it's mm-hmm. just you're constantly going, going, going. It's a 365 gig, and yeah, it's so important now. I'm I'm especially grateful for the pandemic in that way. Yeah, I've kind of thought of the uh, 2020 pandemic because 2020 is kind of like perfect vision. <laughs> kind of sometimes we see so far that we forget to look right on what's under our noses. Mm-hmm. So learning how to look inward has been kind of the 2020 charge for a lot of us. And yep. a lot of us hate it. Oh, yep. A lot of us really hate it. But <laughs> that kind of is. wise lesson is is not something you can teach in a controlled environment. That Not at all. That is something that a lot of us don't learn until we've suffered a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like I'm learning that in a two kind of a two parter right now because some work is starting to pick back up for me. So I'm just saying yes to everything, and I just realized like yesterday, like oh, hold on a second, like I can't just say yes to everything because I want to work so bad, you know. Like I still have to have boundaries there, and I still have to take care of me because I haven't slept in days, and now I'm yelling at everyone and that kind of thing. And what's that good for? Absolutely nothing. And then your body is going to tell you to slow down. You know, you'll get a cold or something. Mm -hmm. Which is why uh, I scheduled a chiropractor visit to this morning. And (laughs) try to get ahead of it before (laughs) before Mm -hmm. your body's like, nah, we're not doing this today. Dude, you're preaching to me so much right now. (laughs) This this is Tori's life. Yes. 100%. I'm like, what did I text? I text Susie. Was it this morning or last night that my house smells like a minty old lady? And like, I, I'm, the, I'm the lady. <laughs> yeah, I I dropped the ball with a couple things, and I realized today, Monday, of course, and I'm just like, oh man, mm-hmm. my brain just cannot always have everything together all the time. Um, I don't think I could before, but maybe I was a little bit more. Uh, hypervigilant than I am now. Right. right. I feel like we kind of band-aided it for a while and yeah. 2020 ripped off that band-aid and showed us just how much we're bleeding. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we... So, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So now we're trying to figure it out. What can we do? Um, how can we learn? How can we uh, build the muscle back from those wounds? So what have you been doing during your downtime? Not yeah. on cruise ships? Uh, well, for a while, I was throwing Amazon boxes, which was fun. Nice. Um, Are, do you mean Amazon. fun or do you mean horrible? Uh, well, well <laughs> d- one, uh, delivering packages was great. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I was, picked up the packages of about 10-hour shift. I was in the van. Um, I put my Bluetooth through my phone, and I was blurring music all day. Nice. I loved it. I was in my own head just screaming and yelling 
until a lot of Grace Potter, a lot of Grace Potter was being played back then. But uh, I definitely loved it. Um, after that, um, I had some friends from like 10 years ago when I worked at a, went to school at a Christian college. They called me. They're like, hey, so you want to come back? And I'm like, all right. Um, and so I picked up in late July, early June, um, late July, early August, and moved to Tennessee, moved back to Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. I've been here three times before. <laughs> it's like you can't get away. <laughs> now, in this particular small town, I've actually been here, lived here three different times in my life. So, <laughs> Hey, at least you have a place to go back to, right? And uh, it, get, yes. get a little work while you can. So that's good. Yeah. yeah and I enjoy it. It's great people. And I love the people I work with here. Yeah, I think a lot of us have been jumping into the church world just to survive, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, too, doing installs and streaming and fun things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I understand it completely. I am a video director at a church, and that has yeah. been a test of my patience. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, we are j- jumping right into Easter now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we are also, we are also about to um, break ground on a new Ooh, new building. Nice. Um, around the same time as the Easter services. On top of we have a dance team that is there this week. So every, we have cleared the entire stage, um, in choir loft included, <laughs> for a, a dance team. Nice. Um, so that's happening right Exciting. now. On top of. It's great. <laughs> it's never a dull moment. It's never a dull moment. <laughs> um, and we, we all kind of laugh. We're just kind of like, well, here we go. Yeah, we just cleared stage and did an entire new stage design and all new focusing on lights and new programming and a stream install all in the same week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. hold on. I have other jobs. <laughs> My church was doing that too. And I'm like, I'll help you guys wrap some cables, but I got to go. Mm. I have too many other jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they they have they have me full time, um, and I love them for it. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's it's never a dull moment, and we'll we'll get we'll figure it out. It, it dies down a little bit after Easter, but the, the yeah. ramp up to it is it feels like a little bit of everything is happening. So after pandemic times are over and all of that, you think you're gonna head back to the cruise world? I would like to. Um, I, 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 I'm definitely grateful for this time, um, because I wouldn't have been able to go get my master's any other time. Yeah. Um, doing it on a ship is impossible. Yeah. So yeah. if so not you're, for- You're getting your master's, what's your, what, I'm sorry, what are you getting your master's in? I missed that oh, part. Oh, um, in entertainment business from Full Sail. Awesome. So it's a, it's about a year program. And it's uh, all online, I, right? Yeah. You are it's so cool. lucky. Oh my gosh, a year. Yeah. I, oh, I, with my master's, uh, I'm going for marketing communication. It's going to take me three years. Ooh. I can take one class per semester. And wow. I just got done with my first class. Yes. God nice. nice. And I start my next one next semester. So I think uh, I'm learning about digital branding and marketing. So nice. Yes. I'm actually finishing up branding and content creation uh, this week. That's this crazy. Week is- the months long classes are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to call both mm-hmm. of you, have you start marketing <laughs> stuff for I, me. I got you, Becky, too, because last year uh, at the beginning of 2020, I did my marketing certificate, my right. master's marketing certificate. I remember that. Nice. Also yeah, from Full Sail. Yeah, no, Full Sail worked out. 
<laughs> there were two there were two colleges I was looking at, Full Sail and the University of Salford in uh, 20 minutes from my hometown in England had a international event management. Oh, that sounds uh, awesome. I, I wanted to do it. I still want to, but mm-hmm. I want to do it there yeah. because they're, where University of Salford is, it's about five minutes away from Salford Keys in Media City, UK. So BBC's there, ITV's there, okay. all the okay. international northern headquarters for the BBC and all their conglomerates are literally 15 minutes away mm-hmm. from campus. That's awesome. So I'm just like, cool. is this like a British full set? This sounds like a British full set. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect option. That sounds exactly. wonderful. Right? So I'd like to go back there in the future and get that one and maybe a doctorate sometime a long time down the line. Yeah, we learned from Leslie Gaston Bird that you need a PhD, you need a doctorate in order to teach over there uh, because she was she had a 10 year position here in the States. And then when she moved over there for, with her husband or family, they were like, oh, yeah, master's isn't good enough. Mm. So okay, that's good to know. Uh, she's going back to school um, and she's I think she was enjoying it the last time we talked to her. But it was just really interesting that she was getting her doctorate. Um, I mean, after being in the business for years and years and years. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it is the piece of paper. I mean, I truly I, I, I think about that. I could have probably gotten here without it. But the paper for me, especially with Full sale, the paper and the networking were key. Um, my first two jobs out of school were either from full sale students or full sale employees. And it was definitely more of the who you knew, because I wasn't looking for jobs. I like when I graduated full sale for bachelor's, um, I graduated on the Friday, was moving up to Nashville to take a tech job on the Saturday. And then leaving that and going to the casino, the entire crew were full sale students that I had gone to school with. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, wow. come, come help us here. So it's it really is. It's becoming less of a of a who you know because um, uh, media production and and audio has become more of a something you can quantify. Yeah. Um. So it's not as much as a who you know as it was back in the day, but the, for, on the smaller circles, it still is. And it totally so. helps. Like I, I even got my little church gig from a guy who had gone to full sale before I was there and then hired another full sale person who then was like, oh, I know Susan. She does video. And I mean, that's how a lot of jobs are still. I, yes, for sure. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the network connections. I probably get at least an email or two a week or a text message from someone that's like, hey, do you know so and so? And if you do, can you give me a little info about them? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you know anybody who does this or does that job or whatever? You know, I'm, I'm constantly getting people that are asking me just because they want the refer- referral, you know, mm-hmm. from someone they trust in the business. So I do the same thing. Like, if I'm going to hire somebody to do a job, I check around with business contacts and people, you know, uh, in the industry just to see, hey, do you know these people? <laughs> you know, before I check exactly. references, even I do that just yeah. just to get some feedback, you know. Um, so I think, uh, do you have any advice you want to share other than that? Obviously, stay network and connected and with the people you want to well, be around. To tie on to that, um, you I'd say never burn bridges. And I have to caveat this because just because I haven't burned bridges, there are still many bridges that I will die before I walk back over. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so a great it, way to say that. <laughs> so yes. it's because it's it really is that one thing, like not everybody works with everybody else, mm-hmm. um, either professionally or personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I never look at anything as a failure as either a success or a lesson. So am I at the end of that? I'm like, okay, do is this something I'll do again? If the answer is yes, um, keep in contact. And I, I, will, I will probably still keep in contact just because I, I I care about people's well-being. Um, but is it something I'm going to work for, for with again? No. Like there are a lot of people who I'll consider um, colleagues or acquaintances, but I will never work with them again. I'll never be on a team with them again. So it is definitely that never burning bridges, but you don't got to walk back over them. Yeah. And then, then the choice is yours. It's not theirs. So if exactly. you burn the bridge, then they're like, well, I'm not going to hire that person, but you, you then have the power. Smart. Right. And there have been people that I just don't, I don't work well with personally, just made more for a stressful environment, but I've known other people that would work perfect with them. Yeah. And I've been like, and I've had to explain to them, like, I wouldn't work with them because of how I am, but you guys would be fantastic. That's such a great positive spin on that situation. And again, you know, that keeps you in the position of having, you know, the power, but you're affecting a positive, powerful change for the organization, which is amazing. You and I, I, you found such a smart, like you said, positive outlook on life. And it's really wonderful. I've, I've tried. I mean, I <laughs> that is... Uh, that's a muscle that's had to be strengthened as over the pandemic. Mm. I've, I've learned, I, I, I live and die with myself. So what do I do to get that right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I tell people it's like being that punch dummy that's grounded on the bottom. So no matter how many times the world's going to just smack you in the face, you're still coming right back up. <laughs> um, at the same time, you got to continue to build your foundation. It changes over time, changes every day. Um, you have to learn what works for you, what's good for you. And if I, I remember, I heard it say that the way you love others is a direct reflection on the way you love yourself. Mm. So if you can get there, you're on a great, that's a great start. Awesome advice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the wisdom of Kimberly Thomas. <laughs> yes. <You're> welcome. <laughs> Uh, Kimberly, we got one last question. Who wants to ask the, the, the go-to question? I think Tori should. <laughs> so Kimberly, uh, I have to ask you this question and it's probably my favorite question. What is your go-to favorite beverage? I have categories for this. <laughs> uh, so Let's dig in deep. So if we're going non-alcoholic, warm. I'm British, so I start my morning with tea. Mm -hmm. I begin and end my day with British tea and then coffee in between. Mm -hmm. Um, The coffee coffee has to to be very, very good. I have different places in the world and the country that I'll get coffee from. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I I, I love my coffee. Like Mm -hmm. anywhere, there's anywhere I go, I have to get a Starbucks mug. I have 85. Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, but where is the fi- your most favorite place to grab coffee? What has the, been the best coffee you've ever had? In terms of just coffee beans, there's a place where I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania called St. Thomas Roasters. They buy their beans green and they roast them every other day. Mm. So it doesn't have that bitter well, taste at all. Right. It tastes, for lack of a better term, clean because mm-hmm. it's just you just get the flavor out of it. So if I'm just buying coffee, I'll go there. Um, when I was in, uh, ironically, St. Thomas, 
the island, St. <laughs> Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, there is a another St. Thomas Roasters that does a great cold brew. Mm. Um, so that that would be for coffee. For like cold drinks, I don't drink soda. Um, I just I don't. There's something about the amount of sugar in it. So I've been drinking a lot of seltzer water, a lot of flavored seltzer water. Yep. Dude, I'm uh, telling recently. you, if we had a chart going on, <laughs> coffee versus seltzer, it would be water would evenly be mixed, I think. Probably equal yeah. right now. I've started drinking. It's called Aha. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen that one. Um, I like the flavors. They even have some that are caffeinated, which yeah. is I insane. I just picked up some yeah. caffeinated bubbly. Mm-hmm. I am they very have, excited for it. I've yep. been drinking the green tea citrus one. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And it's just enough of a flavor that you know it's there, but mm-hmm. it's got the electrolytes and it's got the caffeine with it as well. And no sugar. And no sugar. Mm-hmm. And, but you can also add whatever you want to that at the same time. <laughs> um, on the other side of things, uh, if we're talking alcoholic yeah. beverages, uh, I'm a Guinness person. Always been a Guinness person. Perfect. Nicely um, done. Do you drink it here? Because when I came back from being overseas and drinking it in Ireland mm-hmm. and other, you know, local places, I'm I'm one of those now. I don't want it here. <laughs> no, oh, there no. is a difference. There is a stark difference. Okay, it, I know it's it, not just me, but no, I have to pull that card. Like I can't. I don't want it I'm here. Like, it's just no, no, no. I can't do it. Um, that's, uh, it seems to be more watered down over here. It just doesn't, um, so, and bitter, it just doesn't taste that smooth, delicious, creamy, foamy. Mm. Something that's helped with that, if you can find anywhere that has it on nitro, mm-hmm. that works. Because um, the nitro kind of smooths everything out. I was going to um, say, I, am, I go to a brewery here in town and they do a cold, mm-hmm. they do a nitro like stout and it is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. See, that all sounds good, but I'm mm-hmm. such a Stella girl. I can't get into the darker I do like years. Stella. So we can talk Stella. We can, we can talk Stella. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I haven't traveled. I've only traveled to China. So China's give me. Cool. So Stella, uh, Stella Ortois has a, the ciders, the ciders they came out. Oh, their cider is oh, the best cool. cider there is. Yes. They have, have different flavors if you go to different countries. So you have the what? the apple one that mm-hmm. you have here. I think the pear one just came out over here. That's been out for years over in the UK yeah. because they also have a grapefruit that nobody knows about. <laughs> okay, I want to try that. It's real good. Yeah, I like grapefruit beer, so. Mm. Yeah, grapefruit is great. And it almost, I find, like, I've, I have converted a lot of people who hate beer with that because I'm like, it's more of a, it tastes like champagne. So literally you pour mm-hmm. it in a little glass and let them swivel it and they don't know the difference. <laughs> some fancy beer. <laughs> Except, fancy Stella. <laughs> some fancy beer. So, so beer for Stella, um, I'm definitely a summer, I, I will, depending on how I feel and depending on the season changes, but the, the favorites, like you got the, the beers, you got the Guinness um, in the summer. I'm definitely a coconut tequila person. It's hard to do Guinness when it's 90 degrees outside. fabulous drink. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. You can either drink it straight on ice and you look fancy because everybody thinks it's gin straight. Yep. It's really not. (laughs) And then... After three drinks, they know it's not. (laughs) Exactly. But like, it's okay. It's fine. Or um, soju, Korean soju, um, which is kind of like a smoother version of a... And for anybody who is... um, Asian, I apologize, but it's the only way I can explain this. It's like a smoother version of sake. Yeah. Like it's got like a smoother finish and aftertaste nice. to it. Yeah. You can get real drunk Not on that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had it, but I would like to try it. It's fantastic. Well, Kimberly, it has been an absolute pleasure 
hanging out and talking to you today and getting to hear about all the cool things you've been doing since we last spoke. So I'm super excited to see where you go and what you do next. You and me both. I have no clue <laughs> at this point. Thank you. So Thank nice you to me. meet you, Kimberly. It's nice to meet you, Tori. We'll definitely do more hangouts. We've got more to talk about. I would love that. I can't wait till we great. can drink like actual beer together in real life. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast. You can find out more information on the website, soundgirls.org. Hey, everybody. This is Tim from Tonebender's Sound Design Podcast. We've been on an awesome run of interviewing and talking to the people behind the best-sounding movies of the last year. Films like Jesus and the Black Messiah, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Wonder Woman 1984, Nomadland, The Sound of Metal, Mank, The Dissident, and even Tenant. If you want to hear these stories and more, check them all out wherever you find your podcasts or at ToneBendersPodcast.com. Hi, this is Christian from the A Sound Effect Podcast. In our latest episode, you'll hear field recordist adventurer George Vlad from Mindful Audio talk about his travels and work, including his latest library, African Desert, all at asoundeffect.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>